Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Fork. Nothing personal. Word of the day, January 13th, 2021 is fork. As in someone, I mean, it's a utensil. We know that, but that's not worthy of word of the day. A fork in the road. That's a great expression. Yogi Berra used to say, when you see a fork in the road, take it. That may not be Yogi Berra, actually. I think it is Yogi Berra. It's sort of funny, right? You get to a fork, take it. What does that mean? Do I go left or right? Have you ever done that when you're driving? Left or right, left or right. Fork, as in put a fork in him or it, because it's done. You know, when you're cooking food, you put a fork in it to see if it's done. See if the chicken's been cooked all the way out of pink. See if the steak is just perfectly rare. Fork is my word of the day because Kyrie Irving is deserving of a fork. What happened? Anyone watch the Nets? Anyone realize that Kyrie Irving is gone? He's not playing. He doesn't have COVID. He's not hurt. He is away from the Brooklyn Nets for personal reasons. Now, before we do a segment on nothing personal about something like this, we try to do some checking. Somebody sick? Is he sick? Someone in the family? Death in the family? We can't find anything other than Kyrie Irving appearing maskless in various places, none of which are basketball related. He's not in a hospital, thank God. Seems to be physically fine. Mentally, we got a situation. He signed a four-year, $136 million deal with the Brooklyn Nets. Got Kevin Durant to join him in Brooklyn with a team that is supposed to go places. Although in this season, it's so unpredictable. It's hard to know who's going to win, who's going to go anywhere. Steve Nash, remember the new coach and Kyrie Irving went public saying, Hey, you know, me and KD, we're the real coaches. We've talked about Kyrie Irving so much on the show. Why is he leading off? Because now it's too much. If I am the owner of the nets, if I am Sean Marks, the GM, I have hit my boiling point. Sean Marks has stayed quiet, the GM, and I don't know how he stayed quiet this long. He finally came up with a statement. And this statement is reserved for players who make about $35 million per year. Because rest assured, if a player making five or $10 million a year does what Kyrie does, see you later. Sean Marks said, quote, we are aware of a video on social media featuring Kyrie Irving at a family gathering. We are reviewing the circumstances with both Kyrie and the NBA in order to determine compliance with health and safety protocols. And here's where it gets even better. 
Kyrie remains away from the team due to personal reasons. A date of his return has yet to be finalized. In the meantime, we will continue to stay focused, laser focused. That was added by me. Laser focused we are in Brooklyn on our organizational goals. <laughs> I would say your first organizational goal, Sean, should be to get rid of Kyrie, but that's just me. And then he finishes the statement with a little uh right into Kyrie's tuchus. Kyrie will have the opportunity to address his absence when he is ready to do so. Let's start at the end and finish at the beginning. Kyrie Irving will not finish this contract with the Brooklyn Nets that he's currently in the middle of. He's got two years left after this year. He's got $70 million still due. He will not be on the Nets for two more years. That's an official way to see Coca. Just book it. Kyrie Irving will not finish his career or this contract with the Nets. Then let's go to the middle. Maybe even the denouement. That's D-E-N-O-U-E-M-E-N-T for those scoring at home or even if you're alone. I can't waste an opportunity not to give Keith Overman credit for that. You got to say to Kyrie the following because you know where to reach him and you know whether he was not in compliance with the safety protocols. You've seen him on video without masks. You saw him at the family gathering. You know the rules, no more than 15 people. You know what players are supposed to be doing. It is time to get him suspended without pay. If he is found to have violated the COVID protocols, he will get suspended without pay through the quarantine period. Let's say you have to miss seven days and there's four games and you miss them, not because you got COVID while following the protocol, not because you were banged for being part of the contact trace tree, but if you cannot play because you actively did something that caused you to be away from the team for COVID reasons, in an agreement between players and owners, the player will lose one seventy-second of his salary or about 400 grand. Is that right, Coca? What is 72 times 400 grand? That's basically 70 times four is 28 million. So he's making 32, so it's probably 410 grand. So I think the math is somewhat right back of the envelope. If you're Sean Marks in the Nets, you call Kyrie and you have him suspended. You're not reviewing the circumstances with Kyrie in the NBA. I don't even know why you put that in a statement, Sean. And a date of his return is yet to be finalized. That's because Kyrie hasn't blessed us with his appearance. He hasn't told us when he's going to be back. You have lost control of your team if you are announcing in a statement to the public that a date of his return is yet to be finalized. That's what happens when you tear your ACL. That's what happens when you are concussed. That doesn't happen when a player disappears. You take control of that situation if you're a team and you say whether Kyrie is ready or not, we will bring him back when we're ready to bring him back. When we suspended Hanley Ramirez for conduct detrimental to the team and he wanted to come back and play, we made it clear to him, here's when you'll be back, when we say you're back. And we might bring you back and not play you. 
and you'll waste on the bench. Keep misbehaving, my friend. We're in charge. Sean Marks make it seem, makes it seem like, hey, Kyrie's being Kyrie. That's an expression that Coca's given to me. Kyrie being Kyrie. Guess what? That's not good enough. We're not talking about quashing individualism here. We're not telling people to stand in line and have everyone be the same. If Kyrie wants to be Kyrie and it comes to celebrating on the court, when it comes to the way he plays or the clothes he wears, you can say Kyrie's being Kyrie if he violates the dress code. You can say Kyrie's being Kyrie when he shows up to the game right at the last second when you're allowed to without being late, let's say, we gave times to our players. You must be here by that time. And we'd pay attention. We actually, here's not even for the show, Coca, so you can stop recording this. We used to keep track of when players would come and go from the clubhouse, not because we were trying to catch them being late or coming early. We just wanted to know who's in early, who's in late, who's in just under the gun. And uh, you'd be shocked at the number of players who actually take their job seriously. They come in, they prepare. You'd also be shocked at the number of players who mail it in. They come at the last possible moment into the clubhouse to get ready for the game. So if I am the New Jersey, <laughs> eight, 10, 12. If I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm not giving Kyrie another chance. I've got to worry about Kevin Durant, who's got to carry the weight of the team. By the way, he carried it very well last night in their victory. I think he shot 12 of 18 from the field, but he didn't come here to be a one-man show. You can't win a title as one individual player. The Nets are okay without Kyrie. I don't think Kyrie is a winner other than the ring he got because he was riding LeBron's coattails, though I do know he had a big shot. I remember the finals with Cleveland. Don't worry. I just don't know, and this is what Coke and I were talking about preparing for the show. We don't know if Kyrie even likes basketball. We don't know if Kyrie's even being honest. How about this? How about if Kyrie meets with Sean Marks and says, you know what? I've changed my mind. I appreciate the offer and the two years I've left on the deal. I don't really like basketball anymore. I got to focus on other things. I'm upset that they stormed the Capitol. I'm upset with the systemic racism, racial inequality. I don't think this is the time for basketball. No problem. Remember the WNBA player? who quit playing basketball at her height. She was like an MVP winner to free a man wrongly convicted. And remember, she then married Maya Moore, then married that guy who became free after DNA evidence overturned his conviction. If you believe in something enough, Kyrie, walk away, but give me my money back. Embarrassed by the whole thing. And by the way, Kyrie Irving is tied for first in what's most embarrassing in the NBA right now. Literally tied for first. Did you see what happened with James Harden yesterday? The Rockets lost again. They've played nine games and they absolutely suck. Literally, they can't win a game. I don't know if Steven Silas is the problem. Just kidding. He's not the problem. I don't know if losing Daryl Morey is the problem. No, I'm just kidding. That's not the problem. I know what the problem is. You have a superstar in James Harden who has decided that he's done. And he is in a standoff with Fernanda because he wants to get traded. So he took the podium at the end of the game yesterday, or he took the Zoom, and he said, 
things just aren't good enough. I love this city. That's what you always have to say. By the way, you always tell your players or tell your executives or tell your managers when you're meeting the media. You always, like when you're getting the World Series championship trophy or whenever you do something good, the first thing you do is thank the fans. I love you, Miami. That was the famous line by LeVon Hernandez when the Marlins won the World Series in 1997. By the way, total side note, Coca, I have a moral question and ethical dilemma for you. When we are introduced, when I'm introduced, when I do radio hits or TV hits or guests on podcasts, I'm introduced and people go on Wikipedia, which isn't right, or they Google a bunch of stuff and they introduce me. And I'm introduced as uh, David Sampson, former president of the Florida Marlins and Miami Marlins. I was recently on a show. I don't remember which one and I don't remember when, And the introduction was David Sampson, two-time World Series winning president because the Marlins, of course, won in 97 and 03. 97 was the LeVon Hernandez when he said, I love you, Miami. And the first thing I did before the interviewer could ask one question is I said, thank you for that introduction, but I actually have one ring, not two. I joined the Marlins in 02. I wasn't there in 97. The moral ethical question is, do you have to correct it? Or should you let people believe that you're a two-time World Series winning champion? What if you've never won a World Series and you're called the World Series champion? Or you've never won an NBA championship or you've never coached an NBA championship and you're called an NBA champ? I just think you have to correct it. I think it's the right thing. So James Harden says, I love this city. I literally have done everything I can. So a, uh, another nugget for all of you who are going to be making statements out there, don't say literally, because literally, you say, I literally have done everything that I can. Really? Literally, you've done everything you can. You've practiced every second of the day. You don't sleep to make sure you don't miss shots. You showed up on time and you've been a good citizen. You've been a good teammate. You've literally done everything. You don't eat any bad food. You don't party. You don't go to strip clubs. You've literally done it all. Why not just say, I've done everything I can, and then let us judge whether or not that's good enough. But anyway, I literally have done everything I can. I mean, this situation is crazy, Harden said. It's something that I don't think can be fixed. That is a shot across the bow. He's saying, I'm holding the entire Rockets team hostage. And I'm going to keep acting like a petulant little baby. And if you don't trade me to the four teams of my choice, I'm going to make sure that we miss the playoffs in a season and in a sport where almost everybody makes the playoffs. And you thought that we had enough to compete. You brought in John Wall because you thought I cared about bringing in John Wall. I just said, get rid of Westbrook. I don't care if you bring in John Wall. John Wall comes in all excited to play with James Harden get out of the Wizards who stink, have always stunk, and get a chance to make the playoffs. Wait, John Wall had some success with the Wizards, didn't he, Coke? I think we talked about that. He may have gotten them into the playoffs one time. No way they won a playoff series. John Wall's been there nine games. Count them. Nine. That's five and four for those of you playing at home. You know what John Wall said after the game? Pretty good. 
When you have certain guys in the mix who don't want to buy in all as one, it's going to be hard to do anything special, to do anything good as a basketball team. Talk about throwing your teammate under the bus. I wonder who he was talking about. Do, 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 do. Aaron Rodgers. Who's he talking about? Well, David, that's easy. Who is James Harden? You win, Aaron. You ought to host Jeopardy. You're so good at it. I've never seen such discord on a team so early in a season. And the Houston Rockets made a big mistake by not listening to nothing personal and giving us a wait-to-see victory and trading Harden now. Now, I can still win the wait-to-see because I said they were going to trade him before next season. And then I said they're going to trade him this season. I still think Harden will end up getting traded. And this is an example where the player does have the advantage because he is sinking the entire damn ship. Now, if I had a ring on my finger and I had an owner who was willing to let me, I would make James Harden rot. And I would be just fine having him sit there, not play him, forget winning scoring titles, forget doing anything, pay him his money, fine. But have him sit through two more miserable years in Houston. If you're a young owner, you can live through it, get him off the books. Don't trade him and take on bad money in return. Just let him rot. Now, people may say Harden's a nice guy. I'm not impugning him personally. I don't know. I've never met the guy. Don't know one thing about him. But you're right. If you're asking whether I'm impugning him as a teammate, I certainly am. Am I going to give John Wall the benefit of the doubt here nine games in where he is forced to meet the media and he's forced to excuse the behavior of Harden the same way that Durant and every other Nets teammate has to excuse the fact that Irving's gone for personal reasons? The NBA is an absolute dumpster fire right now. They can't find, they're canceling games every day. There's so many teams can't find eight people to suit up. For whatever reason, the Heat played last night. I'm exhausted because I played 42 minutes last night. I did score 26 points, so that was a positive. The whole thing's a joke. Coca, the world is literally falling apart right now. It literally is in terms of the NBA. I don't want to really comment on the other parts of the world. Oh, wait a minute. After the break, I probably will. Uh, by the way, I want to extend an apology to all of you who followed the nothing personal picks of the day. They've been absolutely horse crap in the NBA. I have no explanation for it except for what's logical, which is the NBA is so unpredictable right now. You don't know who's playing. You don't know what the attitude or mental sort of state of any of the players are. There's so many changes going on in the NBA right now, and we're going to get to even more. But the picks have just been bad. The Warriors lost at home to the Pacers. It wasn't even close. I think it was 104-95. I, I just think it's been tough. I'm now 3-7 and seven for the year. That is, there's going to be, this is um, the example that we're living through now is when you look at the end of April in baseball and you say, my God, that guy's hitting 180. He stinks. You don't judge someone after one month of a baseball season. Frankly, you don't judge someone after a 60-game season. You certainly don't pay someone based on a Cy Young after a 60-game season. But we'll get to Trevor another moment if there's some sucker who signs him for what he wants. So you don't judge me after one, three, and seven stretch. During the course of a season, you're going to have an 0 for 15. 
you're going to have games where you shoot two for 10, six for 22. It's just going to happen. Right now, I'm three and seven. I'm going to try to get off the schneid, and I'm going to go against these nets. I think the distraction is just too great. While they were able to win with Durant, they got to go back to back. You know, Durant is not a spring chicken anymore. I think he's going to struggle. The Knicks have far outperformed my expectations. They are a fun team to watch. Check out the Knicks-Nets game tonight. The Knicks are plus four and a half, I think, Coca. And we're going to take the Knicks and try to get our fourth win of this brand new January. All right, there's some other off-the-court news in the NBA, Coca. And somebody was nice enough to ask about it. So you want to talk Samson, by the way, if you're on YouTube right now, nothing personal with David Sampson is the channel. You got to hit subscribe. I don't think that I'm in any position to show you my feet. I don't think I can lift them high enough to put them on camera, but if I could, oh, I did. Look at that. Can you see it? Ow. Ah, I think I just ripped my hamstring and tore my quad. Literally. Okay. Take a break. Ow. I need an ice. I need a masseuse. I'm wearing my half-baked socks. Yes, I have socks from my sister, by the way, who was not aware of the So You Want to Talk to Samson segment until she heard it explained that it's based on the movie Half-Baked. So she got me socks from the movie Half-Baked, and I wear them in rotation. And today just so happens to be the Half-Baked Day. Get in Twitter at David P. Sampson. That's different than downloading and subscribing to Nothing Personal, which please do. Tell your friends about it. Hit subscribe, rate, and review. Apparently, you want to get as many reviews and ratings as possible. And I think we've got over 1,200 or something, and you're trying to get to a million. So I think we have a ways to go. So we want a million reviews and all five-star ratings. And then subscribe. Okay, thank you. So, so you want to talk to Samson, someone asked the following question. You said yesterday... And this was a late entry, a late entry into the So You Want to Talk to Samson. That the NBA would make COVID-19 protocols more strict. And they did. Is it realistic? And why did the NBA wait this long? Well, thank you for asking that question. Because yesterday on Nothing Personal, we told you about a Board of Governors meeting that was going to happen. And that it was not to pause the season. It was not to do anything other than strengthen the COVID protocols. And boy, did they strengthen them. They released the new protocols and I was on the floor laughing, like lit- literally on the floor laughing. I'm allowed to say literally on the floor laughing because I read them and I fell to the floor. It was a balance issue. It was after 5 p.m. It was a balance issue, but literally I was on the floor. Couple of rules of note that I just want you to look for. Number one, Every time a player is taken out of the game, the player will be rushed away to a separate area on the court before he's allowed to sit on the bench again. The theory is that he'll catch his breath and be able to put his mask on. It reminds me, (laughs) I can't even, I I can't even. Okay, next. (laughs) Hold on, I'm going to fall on the floor. When the teams travel by plane, the seating arrangement on the plane will be what the seating arrangement is on the bench. So follow this if you can. 
When you look at NBA games, now you've got players separated by Gatorade coolers and they have assigned seats on the bench with their own drinks. That's an idea we had a year ago for MLB when they were going to restart. It's an idea that all leagues have done. Great. So what they're saying is we're going to do the seating on the plane like it's the bench. So in theory, you're around the same small number of guys. So if anyone happens to test positive and you're doing contact tracing, you don't have to sit out because we're only going to go to the people you're near on the bench. Forget that they're under the basket trying to rebound because the NBA doesn't want you doing that. They want you out on the wings, spread the floor, one-on-one. Just take threes or go for dunks. That's it. No mid-range game. Forget it. Do you know how unrealistic it is to assign player seats on the plane? Players assign seats themselves. And if you tell them to sit somewhere that they don't like, they get up and move. And do you think that is the president or the flight attendant or the owner or the GM or the coach are going to walk back and slap them on the hand and say, get back in your seat. We can't get the guys to put the damn seatbelts on when the plane's landing or taking off. They're already playing cards. The only thing they're protecting on takeoff and landing is their cocktail. Next, the NBA said, when you are on the road, there is no longer anyone allowed in your room. It used to be you could have two guests if they were close friends, close family, but now you're on your own. All I'm picturing is the hall cameras in all of these hotels and the amount of copulating that you will see in the hallways. Yeah, give me a break. You're right. No one will follow that rule either. And here's a good one. During pre and post game periods, players must limit interactions to elbow or fist bumps while avoiding extended socializing and maintaining six feet of distance as much as possible. No layup lines. But for the 48 minutes of the game, we'll make an exception. Limit them. Just fist bump when you're at the free throw line. Do it in the air. You know when players take free throws in the NBA and after a miss, I've never understood this. You fist bump the two guys who were lined up on the free throw line forward, and then you extend your hands back to fist bump the two guys who are at the three-point line who are boxing out the defenders for a missed rebound on a free throw. And you just sort of do an air fist bump to those guys, but you do make contact with the guys who are lining up. If you don't believe me, watch an NBA game and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I never really understood why we congratulated people for missing free throws. Are we fist bumping the player because he took the free throw? He managed to grace us by taking the free throw. Thank you, fist bump. Thanks for taking the free throw. We appreciate that. Watch a baseball game. I love this. I like talking to Jack McKean about this. He would talk to me about what he does after a player strikes out or doesn't get a runner in from third base with under two outs or walks a player or goes to get a pitcher who sucks to bring him out. There's no fist bumping or patting on the ass. You stink. Don't even talk to me. Go in the other entrance. Do you know why there's two entrances to the dugout? 
Have you ever noticed there's an entrance to the dugout where the manager always is, and there's an entrance on the other side, and when players do good things, they go in the manager's side, and when they do bad things, they go on the outfield side where the manager isn't, and no players talk to him after a strikeout, big strikeout? Watch for that when you're watching baseball. It's pretty funny. So the NBA comes up with these new protocols under the guise of being more strict, keeping the players healthy, and getting through the season. They couldn't be less realistic. They couldn't be less, oh, Coca, it's right here. It's right on the tip of my tongue, right here. It, what's the word when you can't um, uh, make people do something and you can't check whether or not they've done it? Enforceable. Not only are they not realistic, they're also not enforceable. By the way, that didn't come from Coca. I went through the mental Rolodex and I got there a little slower than normal because it's a random Wednesday. It's Pizza Wednesday. I got to write that down. Pizza Wednesday. I love Pizza Wednesday. Although for me, any day that ends with Y is a pizza day. (sighs) By the way, the end of your question is what took so long? And so you want to talk to Samson? I do want to quickly answer that for you. What took so long? Trust me, the NBA recognizes that these are rules without teeth. They recognize they're not going to pause the season or cancel the season or do anything other than postpone games when there aren't more eight players. They're not going to make a team forfeit. So they did this because there was enough groundswell of people saying, what the hell is the NBA doing? So the NBA reacted, while we think they're this league of, they're, they're the number one league, they're way out ahead of everybody. They know what they're doing. They only did these extra COVID protocols because they're feeling the heat on the back of their neck from people saying, man, you guys aren't doing this right. Okay. All right, we're going to go to break. But when we're back, we're going to review a Kate Beckinsdale movie. And it's not Click. It is with Ben Affleck. And it is with the guy who found a way to almost go 40 days and 40 nights. Almost. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about what happened in the Capitol. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name's David Sampson, and we are here because we love Kate Beckinsale. I may have called her Kate Beckinsdale before the break, but I'm glad you stuck it out. I love her. One of my favorite movies is Serendipity with John Cusack. There's something about that soundtrack. The song at the end, when they meet each other again at the rink in Central Park is Northern Sky. And I can't remember who sings it, but I want to say it's Nick Drake. I'm not going to play it for you because Coke is tired of paying the fines to the music industry. 
She was also Adam Sandler's wife in Click, a phenomenal movie. Not a funny movie, a very serious movie that's worth your time. Even if you don't like Adam Sandler, watch Click and watch it with an eye toward understanding the message. I'm talking about an early Kate movie called Pearl Harbor. I had never seen it. I sat down for 183 minutes. Now, I've been up since about 1.30 this morning. Could not go back to sleep. My brain was on overdrive. It is very lonely when you are an insomniac. I know we've said that before, but uh, I got to watch a movie. 183 minutes. Pearl Harbor. I never saw it. It's a Michael Bay special. Stars Josh. I was going to say Josh Beckett. I don't know why he's in my mind. It stars Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett. He's the 40 Days and 40 Nights guy. Ben Affleck is the goodwill hunting guy. You may have heard of him. And it's a movie about two best friends and their role in Pearl Harbor. And it takes place, much of it, on the base in Pearl Harbor. Alec Baldwin is in this movie. Amazingly, he's in so many movies. And I have no idea why I didn't see it, other than I remember it being a big-budget movie that got panned. I got to tell you, it was a three-phone-check movie, which is incredible for a three-hour movie. I only checked my phone three times during the 183 minutes. And it's not that the action scenes were so great. And I totally understood that Michael Bay was just spending money and why it was such a big budget. He had a few Titanic scenes with the ship, with the sinking of the USS Arizona. Spoiler alert, the USS Arizona sunk during the attack on Pearl Harbor by the Japanese. There is a great star turn by Mako. And I'm sorry, Ichiro, if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Could be Mako. M-A-K-O is a brilliant Japanese actor. And it gives you an interesting historical lesson if you don't know about Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. If to you, that's the same. Do you know there are people who view 9-11 the way they view Pearl Harbor? That is just something before they were born and they don't know much about it. So check it out if you've never seen it. Three phone check, 183 minutes, Pearl Harbor. And as for Kate Beckinsale, I love her. What do you want me to say? If you're listening to this show, I just thank you. Okay. A couple of things that have happened that need to be noted here, and that is this. When Trump incited the, the riot and had people storm the Capitol, I don't think that he realized what was going to result from it. And what's worse is I don't think the people who did it realized what was going to happen to them. There have been so many examples where people have protested when people of privileged white people in general have protested. And there was a comment on that day on January 6th, which is only six days ago. It's actually a week ago. I don't know the date. It is, uh, that makes it a week ago today, actually. Because today's the 13th and this happened on the 6th. That day, I remember saying to myself and doing the show the next day, telling you what would have happened if people of color had broken into the Capitol, and I suggested they probably would have been shot. So people of no color, many of whom were racist, who were wearing racist clothing, they go into the Capitol, 
and no one got arrested. So you figure that's the end of it. What's the big deal? We're going to take a little piece of sculpture from Nancy Pelosi. We're going to sit where Mike Pence sat, take a few selfies, and we'll call it a day. Did the people realize at the time that every one of them was on camera? And every one of them in this era of social media would be found in a tinker's minute. I think the expression is tinker's damn, actually. They'd be found in a New York minute. That may be the expression. So what we found each day are different people getting arrested, and they're going to be charged with the crimes that they did commit. From the president on down, if crimes are committed, you're going to be prosecuted. Well, it came out that there was someone in the crowd who may be the single stupidest person alive. And I don't say that lightly because I've come across some doozies. I don't blame the guy who was on camera and his ex-wife noticed him and called him in and he got arrested. Hey, who would think that? Not famous. No one knows his face. I blame a guy for taking a selfie in Pelosi's chair. You know that selfie's going to go viral and they're going to do facial recognition. You're going to be found. The internet does a tremendous job. Hey, if you don't want to F with cats, you should learn by now. People are going to find you. But this guy, his name is Cleet Keller. Cleet Keller, you may remember, is a swimmer, a U.S. Olympian who won gold in 04 in Athens. Remember he anchored the 2 by 400 or 200 by 4 freestyle when Michael Phelps was winning all those gold medals? And at the end of Keller's, he was the anchor and he was swimming against Ian Thorpe, the Australian guy. And he beat him and got the gold. That was only like 17 years ago. Well, he's grown up now. And he is now a real estate guy in Colorado Springs, which is where a lot of them train. So a lot of them settle down, I guess. He wore to raid the Capitol. Do you pick out your clothes when you're going to commit a crime? I don't know what the answer to that is. I wouldn't pick out my clothes because I never pick out my clothes because as you know, I wear what's next up. Next up, this guy, Cleet Keller, wore his official US Olympic swimming jacket and got photographed doing it. He's in the Capitol wearing the Olympic jacket, identified, and here's what's happened since. Forget just losing his job. He is now in danger of losing his freedom. If he ever thought that there was another endorsement or he could ride the coattails of Michael Phelps to an extra dollar fifty, it's done. There is no company who will ever do business with him again. This will not be forgiven and forgotten. This is not an example where you can stand up and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I didn't realize what I was doing. I was just trying to heal faster. I was just trying to get better. I was just trying to bring attention to the plight of the unfortunate. I was just trying to bring attention to the plight of the fortunate. I was just trying to make a difference. That's good. If you got a permit and you held a peaceful protest and you held up a sign that said, down with Democrats, no problem. Up with Republicans, great. We love you, Donald. You're the real man. Perfect. I'm all in. 
wear your Olympic jacket, show off your Olympic tattoo, and you've got a job the next day. You've got endorsement possibilities the next day. Your whole life is yours, even if you're a washed up Olympian. Because time waits for no one. But for one minute, just for one minute, did Keller think that he would walk into the Capitol, go completely unnoticed, and there'd be no repercussions for his actions? I'm just curious about it. So what this says about him is that he's moronic. And they teach you if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. What's the name of that GM who said that about me, Coca? The GM of the Seattle Mariners, when I commented on Ichiro's contract, this is back before I knew Ichiro. I went on Levitard's show, and I said that the Ichiro contract, when as a position player, he got as a non-power hitting position player, I think he got like 80 million a year, uh, 80 million over four years was a contract. And I said, it's the end of baseball as we know it. And I was in San Francisco at the time doing the show live at the wharf because that's where my family was. And so I excused myself to do the show. And, uh, and it was, uh, and this is true, the GM of the Mariners at the time, whose name escapes me, but I can picture him. I want to say it was Bill Bavese, but I could be wrong. He was asked about the comments and he said, my mother always told me that if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. And it was Bill Bavese. That's hard to imagine. Um, it was him, Coca. And uh, so I should say nothing about Keller, but what I will say to all of the nameless people who are now being named, I have a suggestion to you, which is you may want to go grocery shopping and you may want to get some soap and you may want to get some canned goods because you're not going to want to get anything that expires because you committed a crime and you're going to get caught. What are the impacts of what happened a week ago today and how long will they last? Is this an example where there's a chance that this will not just be forgotten the way so many other things are? Is there a chance, as we said, that this is the inflection point? Well, there's one thing we know about our president and all presidents. Let me be clear. This is not about Trump. If you think I don't say the same thing about Clinton, you're wrong. The profiting that politicians do from the president of the United States down to people on the county commission, the profiting that individuals make when they leave office in the private sector would knock your socks off. Basically, the majority of politicians, and I'm right, folks, because I've been around them, the majority, that's not all. I didn't say literally everyone. I said the majority are setting up their post-political life to take advantage of any sort of favors that were done in the political arena, and they are cashing in on the personal side, whether it's with book deals, whether it's with corporate board, paid corporate board seats, whether it's with consulting deals, whatever it is. Clintons have done it. Obama's, everybody. Donald Trump was doing the same thing, so I don't blame him for it. What I do blame him for is the unbelievable miscalculation that while he had 75 million people vote for him, while he got the most votes of any previous presidential candidate, though he lost the election, he finally went too far, which is amazing because there's people who thought he went too far four years ago 
and then three years ago, and then two years ago, and then one year ago, this may have been it. Inciting the mob may have been it. And how do I know? Because Donald is not a stupid man. Say what you want about the president. He understands business. And he understands that he, once his presidential career was going to be over, whether it's four years from now, which he thought it was going to be, or seven days from now, which it is, he wanted to make sure that he was set up from a business standpoint for his family and the Kushner family. If he knew what was going to happen post capital riot, he would have gotten on Twitter so fast and said, get out of the Capitol right now. I don't love you. You're not special. Get out. You're killing me, balls. Although I think it's smalls. I think I just misquoted the Sandlot. I'm almost positive it is you're killing me smalls. I don't know why I said balls. I was thinking baseball. The dominoes have started to fall, folks. The PGA has pulled the PGA championship from Trump's golf course. He was going to host in 2022. It is a huge deal when you own a golf course that hosts a major in the golf world. It's not huge because of all the money you make for those four days. It is gargantuan for the money you make the other 361 days and for the 365 days a year for every year thereafter because people say, hey, I want to play on that course because that's where Tiger played. That's where Rory played. That's where Dustin played. That's it. I'm out of golfers' names. PGA pulled it and they said, we're not coming back. Companies are walking away from Trump. Banks are walking away. And the way Trump does business, he needs banks. They don't want to do business with him. New York is considering separating themselves completely from Trump and his businesses. And believe me, they've been intertwined. It is possible that Florida will be the only state, which is why Ivanka, Jared, and Josh, and Carly, and Donald, and Melania, and Barron, and the whole crew is coming to Florida. But what happens when DeSantis is done in Florida? Did Trump take a bridge too far? My answer to that is very simple. When you are doing a business calculation, and you are making decisions about what you are going to do publicly, you're making decisions about what you're going to do privately, you do a calculation. How far can I go and not jeopardize money, not jeopardize my business? Daniel Snyder went too far, had to turn back. Every other businessman says, I will not go that far. You will not make me turn back. What's Donald going to do? Because for him, it's always been the same. It's always just business. Hey, Donald, it's nothing personal. <laughs>